This episode contains information about The Mandalorian, chapters 1 through 7. Spoiler discretion is advised. By like 7 o'clock, I will do a test run, sure. Oh god, I can't do that. Closing with hiccups. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Patrick, and I'll be your chief flight attendant today. We'll begin the show in a few minutes, but first I'd like to acquaint you with some important safety information. Three sheets to the mouse may contain language and subject matters that aren't suitable for smaller aviators, so listener discretion is advised. When the intro music begins, please take a seat and partake of any carry-on item. This includes bottles, flasks, cans, fine cigars, and skin mags. Okay, let's review. That is, F-bombs, earmuffs, get drunk, smoke them if you got them, and send nudes. Anything else? Oh yeah, enjoy the show. I know it sounds sorted, but you'll be rewarded when at last I am given my dues. And justice deliciously squared Be <laughs> Hello there. Why are y'all supposed to say General Kenobi? Oh, that was supposed to be Kenobi. No. That was just, that was just hello there. And that's, everybody knows hello there. And you follow that up with General Grievous saying Kenobi. You do? Revenge of the Sith, you do, yeah. You're not familiar with I just watched with that the other day too, and I, I don't the, remember that. The hello there meme? Oh, no. On the internet? Oh, okay. Well, boomers. You're also talking Revenge of the Sith, which is episode what? Three. Six, three. Again, two, what? I, I don't remember an episode three. It was, I watched this day, it was I, I actually really enjoyed it having watched I just rewatched them all over leading up to Rise of Skywalker with the exception of Last Jedi because it's not on the plus yet I feel like. either way hello there welcome to Aloha Three Sheets to the Mouse we're here to talk about the adult side of Disney my name's Mikey and joining me tonight are two guys that have never tasted Blurg Tim it is the way Adam you don't know my life you're, you're right I mean I, I figured you're a man of refined uh, palate and um, fish lizard as my wife Listen, what them. I do in my own time is my business. So, so you're you're into uh, blurg husbandry. You got a Quill blurg was. farm. Hey, everybody got to make a living somehow. Got to get that money. Got to get them credits. Galactic credit that aren't worth anything. So yeah, we're here to talk about uh, Disney stuff tonight. We're talking about uh, the Mandalorian. It's the Mando show, except we're not really doing a, a recap or anything like that because you've all fucking seen them already. Um, <laughs> we're gonna, we're just gonna pull the pull the curtain back a little bit and look what what's uh, what's happening underneath the helmet as it were uh what's happening underneath the helmet jar jar banks that's exactly right fuck you <laughs> fuck the both of you if that's the truth <laughs> there's actually uh an internet rumor going around that he's a gungan <laughs> well, why he won't take the helmet off that's that's he's not a gungan not a we gungan. see him as a kid and, and he doesn't speak uh gungan he's, he's human we see him as a kid we see him as a kid during flashbacks he is not no M- maybe no, maybe no. you're seeing no, no, some no, other no. kid through the eyes of a Gungan. It's not in water. I don't well, know. I mean, Jar Jar wasn't in You're water wrong. for most of episode one, to be honest with you. Unfortunately, they should have left him underwater, in my he opinion. Did, uh, no, they couldn't. They couldn't. Boss Nass didn't want him down there. 
I, Nobody wanted him anywhere. Listen, Eric, he's drowned. He's wise in the ways of force, and no one's gonna buy into that. He's, he's basically like it wouldn't. Okay. Chase, if he was a Jedi. We're rewatching the Clone Wars, and now we're gonna get really off topic for the even topic start. No, we just mention Jar Jar. Happy, That's all it takes. <laughs> no, but happy accidents do have a tendency to happen around him when you think about, it. like, especially if you watch the Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. So would it surprise me if he's in touch with the Force? No. Will he ever be smart enough to be a Jedi Master? Absolutely not. Sounds like something a Sith would say. Only Sith speak in absolutes. Oh well, call me what I am. <laughs> say my name. <laughs> Oh man. Well, hey. Uh, what, what, what's 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 in your what's in your drink? What are you drinking tonight, Adam? Darth. Uh, um, I don't know. Darth Judius. Darth Judius. <laughs> Darth Judius. Judius. Sorry. I uh, just have a gin and tonic because I have Darth. It's a really big gin and tonic. Yeah. Well, uh, you know what? As long as you got more tonic than gin, you'll be okay. If only I make them that way. <laughs> he makes them like gin makes them. Gin with a splash of tonic. <laughs> That's just enough to make it a cocktail. It's a cocktail. You're not a drunk. Exactly. There's ice in it. It's fine. And, uh, you know, Mr. Mr. Tim, Mr. I don't have to work tomorrow. What do you got? That's why I'm drinking a Pogtail. Oh, you've been drinking a lot of those for lately. Yeah, well, I have, we have the rest of that Pogtail. I was going to say, I guess you got to get, get rid of that because you keep... Unfortunately, the rum is going away faster than the pod juice is. Because <laughs> Tim makes Jay drinks the same way Jen makes drinks. <laughs> well, the correct ratio is one to one. Yeah, but is it like one shot to one liter? No. It's still a one and a one. One cup of, of rum to one cup of pug juice. It's a lot of rum. <laughs> That's why that handle is almost gone already. And what rum are you using on your uh, podcast? Captain Morgan Silver. Captain finally, Silver. We were finally able to found it, find it with the help of Mary Yates. They're interesting ladies. And they've always got they're their like, lackey, their henchmen. Oh, they're Duncan? Yes. They're, they're Duncan. Yes. All right. Uh, tonight, I am drinking something out of a brown bottle. Uh, all, it's again from Michigan. It is a cherry vanilla uh, honey wine, which I guess means me. Basically, it's a me uh, with uh, cherry and vanilla in it, but it's a um, it's a sparkling mead. I guess you say it's carbonated. Hmm, I've never had a sparkling mead. So it's 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 a little it's a little little bit fizzy. Uh, it's not bad. It's it's nice and you know refreshing tasting. Uh, I'm sensing a pattern with the Michiganders. They love their cherries. They're fans of cherries. I mean, what mm -hmm. else they've got? And they got snow and cherries. I've got water. Nope. That's why they had to use honey. Well, I don't know. This has a picture of a oh, well nice. on it. For you. Years, King Orchards has been growing some of the finest tart cherries in northern Michigan, and we're lucky to have them down the road. We use King Cherry Juice, along with local honey and Madagascar vanilla beans to create this sweet, delicious cherry mead. Nothing to do with the well. I thought it would tell me more about, like, more aquifers were used in the, uh, uh, the making of this. But no, it just says, be well. Okay, well, you know what? You lost a, a customer there. Uh, whoever made this. Bel Air, Michigan. Who the hell makes this? Does Bewell? Bel Air, Michigan. It's only 7% mine is significantly so not not your fault rachel it does taste really good I, I, i'm jealous so as you were just to carry on <laughs> all right well tonight uh ladies and gentlemen and younglings of all ages hopefully over the age of 18 though it's a, it's a salute to all ages but mostly adults younglings are dead the, i saw that just today yeah he uh he went ham on them uh them little shits mm -hmm. man oh man dude okay so uh yeah today let's uh we sit down we're gonna talk about uh the mandalorian which which, you know, if uh, anybody who's got Disney Plus knows what The Mandalorian is, you don't even really have to be a Star Wars fan to uh, to get in, you know, engrossed in it because you don't have to know a whole lot about.
about Star Wars to enjoy it. And uh, that seems to be a really great uh, selling point on, you know, convincing people to sit down and watch it with. The series has uh, about a $100 million budget for the first season. It was not spent on um, location, taxes, and fees, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, everything says it's like the most popular streaming uh, show right now. You can't really nail down stats because Disney doesn't release the stats of their originals. Um, Nielsen but, can't get that, so... But neither does Netflix. That's what I mean, yeah, streaming services, they don't have to. Netflix does on something. No. Oh, they don't. It's, thought, all, numbers read... that, it's all numbers that they self-put out, that they say that this many people watch this show. Oh, okay. Well, see, even Disney is not putting that out. Like, I tried to find some type of metric on the show, and I, I couldn't couldn't find anything. I found a lot of stats about Mandalorian RPG characters for Dungeons & Dragons, but aside from that, <laughs> if you look up the Mandalorian and stats, that's... <laughs> That's well, what you get. But the Mandalorian was just not this character. There is a whole Mandalorian thing. People. Oh, no, I know, I know. It's a race, not a person. Correct. And here's something. It's um, so sought out. Uh, it is the most pirated digital series to date because Disney Plus is not available in much of it. thought it was. Not, not until the first, not until after the first of the year. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you got a lot of folks over there getting it on their live wires, their torrents and stuff like that, so. Interesting um, move there, there, Disney. I mean, everything's kind of already been spoiled for them, even if they're not wanting to, you know, pirate it. That's a dick move, man. I'm sure it has to do with more stuff than we know, though. I don't know if they, if there's different kind of rules and regulations when it comes to streaming services in Europe. I don't either, and Plus, there could be. it makes more sense for them to release it here first, because most of your streaming sites are based out of Europe. <laughs> I, true, and, you know, it may also be something where they don't want to tax their infrastructure so greatly with the worldwide worldwide release because it's not just a, the Mandalorian's not out there it's just like there's no Disney Plus there and I think I saw somewhere where it was like supposed to be March of 2020 I don't know if they moved that up or not um, but that kind of that kind of sucks but you know what fuck your tea <laughs> yeah it's supposed to launch in UK Germany France Italy and Spain on March 31st 2020 oh the end of March yeah and they caution that certain titles will vary by territory oh fucking Brexit so, so they're that, not I had a feeling there was different issues with licensing and stuff that that's preventing it just to make an easy launch. So there's a lot of amazing um, design and technology being used in this. Uh, I think Adam is the best person to tell us about some of the uh, film locations they've had for the Mandalorian. Oh, the two. <laughs> yes, the both. The both places it was filmed. In space and not in space. <laughs> in space and on the ground. <laughs> well, some of it was filmed in Death Valley. Very little bit of film was in Death Valley, though. A majority of this is actually taking place on soundstage, and they're not using the typical green screen approach that most of your other bigger pictures... I don't know if Marvel is king of green screen right now. I mean, everything they do, any of the Spider-Mans have been... A lot of the Spider-Mans have been green. Oh, yeah. They well, they had a whole movie about Spider-Man that was based around the concept of green screen. Exactly. With Mysterio, so. So, Industrial Light and Magic, which we all know is a subsidiarity, subsidiarity of Lucasfilm, subsidiary. I can actually say that word when I'm not thinking about it or trying to, like, look at it. Now you get three swings and you hit it. <laughs> so, which is Lucasfilms, which was founded back in 1975 by George Lucas, is now Disney-owned. Shocker. 
We're all so <laughs> they created a new kind of technology called stagecraft. Now stagecraft is the best way I can explain it is sort of like green screen plus. So instead of just using a blank green screen, they're actually using pixel displays. And these are huge, big pixel displays. The first time they ever used it was most recently in, in solo in 2018. And basically how it works is that they're displaying all this background for the actors to act again. Instead of that green screen where you're actually kind of having to imagine and kind of play and, and there's nothing really you can see to interact with. You have a full display that's actually being filmed through LCD display. Okay. Now, some other cool things about this thing is that, you know, they can make pretty much a box and put whatever they want in this box. As to show movement, the actual scenes will move behind the act and it can go with the camera. So it, it's kind of hard to imagine what I'm talking about, but if they show them walking, the screen can move itself. The scenery can move in the back and the test demo that i watched was basically three wall and the display on the three wall and you couldn't tell the difference i thought they were actually filming in them so it's, i guess it's a lot like um sitcoms would always film like when someone's in a car they would be inside of a car but they'd have like that projector on the back wall behind them to make it look like they were driving around town yeah except but, mm -hmm. it's like that but uh on a much more grandiose scale mm -hmm. this is a 3d visual environment is what they're calling it and this can change in real time to match the perspective. So camera moves, background moves, and everything looks like it's, I mean, it, it's sort of like, the best way I can picture it is sort of like a holiday. Okay. But of course, I mean, it's not as advanced. It, this is just scenery and stuff behind you. It's not props and stuff like that. But it, it kind of looks like a holiday. If it, It's next gen. If you had this in your house, you'd be playing video. So they've got their um, physical set pieces built inside this box mm -hmm. with, the, with all the screens around it that allow them to accurately Currently, uh, mimic lighting instead of having to try to match that up. Correct. So it's saving money on shoots. It's saving money on we can only shoot and it's saving time because think about you can only shoot from you want a dusk scene and you can only shoot from like 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. to get that lighting right. Well, now you can have that scene all the time at any time during any day. You don't have to worry. Well, the sun is going to be in this right position on January 31st for blah, blah, blah hours. You don't have to worry about that. It's there. It can light. And again, you're not sending 700 people to the Antarctica to film an ice scene on an ice awesome. planet. Yeah, exactly. And you don't have to build, I mean, they're still using some typical set like every movie does. Like the space station, they had a set of a space, the interior and stuff like that. But a majority of your landscape shots are made using this technology. It's kind of taken the place of the guy who was in charge of being a matte painter. Now it's just uh, rendering it out kind of on a computer. Well, green screen took away a lot of the matte painters. Too. When you really think about. Well, I, I think, I'll, I still think a lot of guys were doing matte paintings and then they were just being put behind the green screen in, in post-production. But this right here is happening, like this is eliminating a lot of the post-production that would go into um, yeah. you know, it's replacing the background. This is more pre-production. Yeah. You're going to have to figure out what kind of lighting, what kind of landscape, everything, all that has to be done before you start shooting. Right. And right. I mean, you can change it on the fly if something's not working, but there, I guess you're going to have a limited amount that you can like just everybody kind of just stayed in one spot for the whole season except for when they had to go to space and then back on land well how do you feel about that being uh, uh all right fooled i didn't know they were doing this until i started researching and i thought yeah, it should be interesting where they film this stuff and um it, it's expensive so this is not going to be done on every film and it is done with the look the, and a true lcd crystal display there's nothing faking this so they actually have to grow the crystals and the screens are super 
expensive, time consuming, and I'm, I find it really interesting if it's the quality and it's new technology, I can only see the quality of this increasing. So anything that can be more imaginative in a film, in a universe like Star Wars, where they can do more thing, I'm very interested. I don't think every film needs to be this, but I mean, you look at all the films that are coming out that are now CGI that they're calling live action. And that I was just about to say, do you see this being used in the, uh, the next Avatar movies? I don't know. If, uh, def, well, it, Avatar should be in the box already. Well, then it it, it could still be having it been could. used if it, it was could used ILM. Well. It could definitely it can definitely be used if it was ILM. I don't know who they use for their production house. I mean, there is Solo still has some classical green screen as well. It's not just this, but this is a lot of the shots that you couldn't get real life on green screen or look too weird on. That's what this is. For. That is uh, that is really really cool, and I guess it kind of makes sense that um, this would be something pushing the uh, the technology bounds a little bit because Favreau did do Jungle Book and Lion King, and if you didn't know Lion King wasn't filmed on location in Africa and or a backyard, you wouldn't know because those set pieces on on the Lion King would just look spot on. The uh, lions' faces, not not so much, but the uh, the, the backgrounds and the rocks looked like rocks. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't mind this. As long as we don't i i really don't mind i this. don't mind it either i do kind of would miss like trying to find some of the places like if this was re if this replaced everything like even like if the technology was cheap and readily available and it started everything's filmed this way tv shows everything else i think that would take away from like movies that are shot in new york because it's supposed to be new york you couldn't go visit some of the and that kind of takes away from it but chances of me going to visit hobbit landers are, are slim to none or the ireland and uh the island in ireland where Luke held up for oh the poor island or you know Game of Thrones anywhere yeah How, however if Disney just installs this in a park and tells me I can be part of a film and have it be good quality sign my ass up <laughs> <laughs> so if this gets uh, um, supplemented into uh, what is it the um, the void oh you see I don't know if it would work for the void because the void has that 3D and uh, to it. it it works for filming it doesn't necessarily really bring you into an environment it works for film so this would be more like how you would like film your own soren kind of situation i mean i'm sure there's a way they can do an individual attraction that way but i just it's probably not there just yet i don't know they're they're they're, they're pretty far into a lot of stuff like with their animatronics and that fucking robot that can do gymnastics off of swinging a rope or swinging off of a rope he flips and somersaults and shit have you seen that mm -hmm. yeah that catapult but they launch him and he does you know so i who knows where this is going to end up going in their practice Skynet. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they'll, they'll put us all into these little boxes and we think that we're living, you know... Yep. The Matrix. A, a wonderful <laughs> life and, and we're not. It's going to be a Truman Show. All right. Well, that's uh, that's real interesting stuff, Adam. I mean, I, when I was doling out who does what, I was thinking, like you were, yeah, let's see all these really cool places that this was filmed. And then you find out, yeah, no. Nope. <laughs> it was all in a building, pretty much, except pretty for much. like two shots in the Death Valley where they had to have real sand. It gets everywhere. I hate it does. That's, you know what? <laughs> so does Steph. <laughs> Well, um, okay. Well, I'll, uh, I'll I'll jump in next. I kind of um, wanted to take a peek at you know the the call sheets for these uh, these episodes, looking at the cast a little bit and some of the cameos that that have been in there. So uh, maybe a lot of this you know, maybe some of it you, you know you guys uh, and, and those listening don't know. But obviously, we'll start with uh, the Mandalorian himself, uh, Pedro Pascal. Which uh, if you've seen Game of Thrones, you might recognize him as the Viper. Because yes, you can recognize him with that helmet. 
helmet on. Uh, well, you recognize his voice. It could be Fair anyone. Enough. Fair enough. <laughs> well, you, you wouldn't recognize him, but he he did play uh, the Viper, Tyrion's uh, you know champion that got popped like a pimple by the mountain. He got his eyeballs down. Well, you, you, you fucking you, you, it's like Syndrome said, you caught me monologuing. Oh, don't monologue, man. Uh, but he's and I just I just realized this, and I just watched uh, Kingsman: The Golden Circle the other day. He's he's the guy in the king's not like the guy but he's one of the yes. statesmen with his Burt Reynolds mustache going on yes. and the cowboy hat yeah. I was thinking fucking put this guy in, in a smoke in the bandit I will watch the shit out of it yeah <laughs> he does have a Burt Reynolds kind of look he does it was insane um and here's interesting tidbit uh coming up he's gonna be he's in the Wonder Woman movie Wonder Woman 84 oh that looks so good and he he's, he's the villain but he was also a villain fan. back in 2011 in the Wonder Woman TV movie they made in 2011. Don't, I don't think I saw. Yeah, that. I saw a. Uh, he's also in one of them, 84, 1984 too. I think. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. Yeah, he's in. He's in the new one, and he's in like a TV movie they made in uh, in 2011. It's just kind of weird how they just. I guess I think how things happen. So yeah, Pedro Pascal's a Mandalorian. Uh, I got to give it up for Nick Nolte voicing Quill, the little bitty. Um... Well, I want to take a sec just before we move on to Quill. He's pretty talented of an actor to not see his face. Well, and it's also not always him in the costume. Right. No, but I mean, but to get some of those lines across, across and have them mean meaningful. Yeah. When he's constantly in full head. Yeah, he doesn't have. I mean, his dialogue is literally just lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not. You know, he doesn't have a paragraph. Very infrequently does he have much, much to say. Yeah, and he can't express any emotion. Uh, but he in, does in, somehow. In, well, yeah. I mean, in his face, he can't. But sometimes he can. You know, slump his shoulders and just the way he delivers the line. Um, and I think a lot of it too. They let the weight of the moment help with uh with with you know where he is or you mm-hmm. know the the sound design and you know coming in close on his face and show that he's thinking something over yeah, it's it's there's ways they do it but he does come across as a very emotional character for having absolutely virtually no nothing phase. to show yeah no phase i mean you think about some of the interactions with baby you and they don't neither one of them really speak to each other but you can well, see yeah, baby who doesn't speak exactly he makes baby noises sometimes dog noises maybe it's a cat yeah. Yes, yeah. he's a fifty-year-old baby. He, his his, his voices are, are are out there, but yeah, no, you're right. And a lot of the actors are doing a. A pretty bang up job on this. Um, case in point, Nick Nolte, fucking seventy eight years old. Isn't that that's like Harrison Ford age? Yeah, it is. Well, Harrison Ford's like seventy three years. Jesus. And, and really, his gruff voice is perfect for um, it just fits. Quill. What's his 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 species is an umguat, an ugnot, ugnot. That was close. It sounds like if you so, if you look at him, about. he does kind of look like <laughs> Nick Nolte. Like he does some of Nick Nolte's features he, into. He, he looks like uh, Nick Nolte meets um, Paul Tuttle Sr. from American Choppers with the... <laughs> Just green. You're right, though. He, he really I have You're wanted right. to redo that American Choppers meme with with using Quill instead of Paul Sr. so many times. That's but he funny. just points his finger and says, I've spoken. Um, yeah, so listen, Nick Nolte, what else needs to be? If you don't know who he is, you're too young to listen to this uh, podcast. He's basically the anti-Gary Busey because like in the late 80s, early 90s, I got him mixed up a lot. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. Yeah, it's like it's like Gene Hackman and, and Robert Loggia. Yep. It was bad. Um, and, and looking through the credits for the guy, I just want to say, listen, he's, he's got some Disney credit. Um, Bruton from Dinosaur. I don't remember that movie that well. Technically the antagonist, but not really the antagonist. Uh, but also 
also, um, he was Bruce Banner's dad in Hulk. Oh. The Abomination. Which, the Australian Hulk. Oh. So that's pre-Disney, so we don't we don't uh, fall for it. Yeah. Uh, keeping it Disney, though, moving on, you got you got uh, Combat Carl himself, Action Jackson, none other than Carl Weathers as Grief uh, Cargan. And I, fucking, I forgot that that was Carl Weathers played uh, Chubbs in Happy Gilmore. He just seems so heavy then, and now he seems so much thinner. So it, it threw me. a little chunky. I just, I, dude, he, Apollo Creed, the Predator. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Doing doing a good job. I love Carl Weathers. Uh, this guy, Werner Herzog. Or is it Werner? Werner. 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 So he, he's the, he's the, the imp um, or the client, depending on which slang you want to go on uh, from uh, Chapter 2. or World famous one. director. He is, and I don't know him for that. I've heard his name. He sticks to mostly documentaries. He's rarely on the front side of the camera. Um, I swear to God, when he was talking, I thought, oh, God, he's from Game of Thrones, too. Yeah, that's what I thought. I got, like, a really creepy, like, he could be Lord Baelish's dad kind of vibe off of him. <laughs> he's not at that creepy. Um, obsessed with a kid, though. Yeah, okay, so, so it works. Um, I'll, I'll say uh, he does have one um, thing in his credit, in his acting credits. He's been on a couple episodes of The Simpsons as Walter Hottenhofer. Just uh, go with that. The Disney tie now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Now. Adding some female flair. You've got like the, 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 the token woman, I guess, in Gina Carano. She's badass, though. She yeah. is. She is. Cara Dune is, is oh, the, she, who she she's plays. She's into the, one of my favorite characters. The drop trooper. Um... I didn't recognize her when she first came on screen. My wife said, hey, that's Chick from Deadpool. Yep. And I was like, oh, God, it is. It's less angry Rosie O'Donnell. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> That's um, exactly who it is. <laughs> less angry Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and so I've been kind of paying attention. She's done a lot of interviews. And it's real interesting because she was on the verge of giving up completely on acting before she got this. Uh, Favreau. Really? Yeah. It's, it, and she's very candid about it. It's, it's I definitely check check out some of her interviews. Uh, Favreau came on along at the, at the right time uh, for her. And let's see here. Oh, uh, my favorite person on this list, New Zealander. New Zealander Taika Waititi, who uh, IG-11, IG director of Thor Ragnarok, voiced Kurg or Korg um, in Endgame and Thor Ragnarok. And he's, he is actually directing the next episode. Yes, I was just saying that. Or he like already did, I guess. But yeah. yeah, that makes me excited. We'll probably get a lot of IG-11 in that episode. I, I, I bet he does a lot of stuff there. Forward to that. Um, so yeah, and I guess rounding out the, the the main characters, I would call main characters to the core uh, characters. Uh, you know, he was only there for like a hot five minutes in this last episode. You got Giancarlo Esposito, the the the, the primary villain. Um, not sure what all he he's done a lot of TV. He's done a whole lot of TV. Breaking Bad. Yeah, a lot of people have done Breaking Bad. For. They've been in this. Uh, well, he he was he was a key in Jungle Book. I didn't know that. Yeah, didn't know that either. Italian. Yes, and probably something he's. Uh, most uh, proud of, he played the role of Hypnos in Monkey Bone. Uh, no good reason to watch it. It was the one Chris Kattan. Oh, yeah. If you're wondering, it's got a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes, so go check it out. Monkey Bone. Yeah, 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm going to hop right on that. <laughs> Four and a half stars on IMDb. That's actually... waste some two hours. <laughs> um, now, the... The, the the series is also full of bit parts, supporting actors and stuff like that. Even the first episode, you open up with Horatio Sands as the little green fucker that is the, the yeah the the bounty there. Um, 
you get Brian Posehn as the uh, speeder driver that he ends up with. That, that can be, I love, oh, okay. I love, I love him. And uh, here, one of the coolest things that I found out doing this was um, the ferryman that he's talking to to try to get this speeder is an actor, uh, Chris Bartlett. I know the name. He um, studied under Anthony Daniels on how to act like a droid to, you know, be blunt about it. And he's actually been in like three or four episodes of the series when they needed a droid. He has played almost all the, you know, life-size droids. And he actually um, portrays C-3PO in televised appearances where C-3PO needs to be there and they need someone to be C-3PO. But it's not in a movie because that's, you know, that's when you get the big talent. So he does C-3PO uh, a lot, like on TV shows and stuff like that. Kind of like how uh, Tom Hanks's brother does the voice of Woody when it's not a Toy Story performer. Exactly, exactly. So that, I thought that was really cool that um, that's kind of what he does now. Um, and I would, uh, my favorite thing I found out because, you know, mentioning Quill and you know someone is in that costume and it is a, a, a wee bitty last named Misty Rosas. She's a performance artist and she, she brought him to life with that weird, almost kind of walks like an upright chimp a little bit yeah. the way he walks. Okay. That's, that's what I noticed. And looking at Misty Rosas's uh, acting history, she's actually, you know, been a gorilla <laughs> in a gorilla costume no. for, for several of her, uh, for a couple oh, of, yeah, no. she, she was Amy in the Congo movie Congo. She was the, the gorilla in Congo. Uh, oh God. And she was another gorilla in, a, in some other gorilla movie. But here's, here's the best thing guys. Back in 2002, she made her Disney debut as none other than Barry Barrington in the country bears movie. Oh no, poor thing. I, I actually thought that was pretty cool. I'm sorry. Barry Barrington in the country bears. And I mean, and that movie's bad. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was. Um, you know, they didn't shoot the bear, but they shot the quill. They so <laughs> they, they put him down. Uh, it's this whole, th Oh yeah. I should have prefaced this with spoiler alert before we started. And she's actually a, uh, professional dancer as well. Most of the people who were able to contort their bodies and do weird walks and stuff are some do have some sort of dancing background. So yeah, speaking of um, people who had small roles, let's talk about the Jawas. Ba-dum-bum. Ba-dum-bum. Um, you got Douglas Farrell was one of the Jawas and he was actually an Ewok in Return of the Jedi. Also, he was a stand-in for Howard the Duck. Okay. Hmm. Just, just, just saying. You got a Jawa uh, played by Molly Miller. She's just a really small... Uh, God, there's... I don't know a good way to say this stuff without pissing off Maria, okay? <laughs> Just call, oh, no. She's a Twizzler. Just say she's a Twizzler. She's a Twizzler. She's, she's a Twizzler. usually a stunt double for like 10 and 12 year old girls. Okay. All right. But she's actually listed uh, to bring this back around. Um, she's in the next two Avatar movies. So As, a 12 year old girl. I don't know what she's Probably doing. Probably a baby Navi. Baby Navi that gets, yeah, it's going to be Home Alone. Or Well, the baby Navi should be tall because aren't they like seven or eight tall? Well, yeah. So a baby Navi. So a baby, be, a brand new baby Navi will be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 10 year old girl tall. It'll be Twizzler size. Right? And can you imagine the hijinks the baby Navi gets into? I don't want to know where it puts a tail, tail thing, hair, oh, tail God. thing, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> it puts it in your ear. Haven't you seen the movie? <laughs> and um, another little individual, Kyle Paycheck, is uh, a Jawa, but he was a stand-in for Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I think he was like the, uh, we're going to put Rocket over here, and that's where he stood. Probably. And Agent Carter. But he has done stunt work in every episode of The Mandalorian. 
Okay. Which I think means he's been in more episodes than Pedro. Yeah. So I think there's do any of this don't work for Mandalorian. Right, but I think there's one episode that he just wasn't in at all, like physically. Like, yeah, because it was one that was all action and that was probably Brendan um Wayne. So maybe that was the one on the space. I think that's the one it was actually, because it was I think it was that one. Because that's the one that would make the most sense. And uh let's see here. Chapter three, Mando gets into a kerfuffle with another Mandalorian named Paz Vizla. Paz. You know, they're he's in the in the, the armory getting his shit forged up with his best guard. Mm -hmm. And they get in that that little fight. That's a uh, not John Favreau behind in the armor, but that's the voice you hear. Yeah. Um, chapter five, the fan service episode. Uh, starting off, you got Amy Sedaris as the mechanic there that in that hangar bay. She was good. She was good, but I did not know it was her. I didn't either because she looks different in everything she so does. Yeah. yeah. It's like if you if you just look her up, you're like, oh, okay, she looks like a normal person. I have never seen her look like that in anything. She didn't but do her typical Amy Sedaris voice exactly but i mean the funny thing you say this is the fan service episode this is the episode with the least rating i didn't say i liked it no i'm talking about on like because in my research i saw a graph okay of like and this was one of the lowest rated well listen I, I it's got and i don't keep up a lot of tv jake cannavale was the bounty hunter kind of whatever fuck that fucking fuck if you bobby cannavale's if you've if you've seen his twitter post recently oh yes no he, he says shit out of um rise of the rise of skywalker Walker. He goes to, or is it Instagram? He's he's all like, well, I guess since I'm in the Disney family now, or the Star Wars family, I can't talk bad about the movie. And then he comes back with Rise of Skywalker was hands down the worst Star Wars movie, an absolute fucking failure. Rise of Skywalker. Well, how you get fired? That's how you get fired. Yeah, he says. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why it was only in a half a fucking episode. <laughs> Dumbass title was worse than Phantom Menace and Last Jedi combined. Fight me. Somebody will. Somebody will. It's and, not my and position he, too. He will get his his silly looking ass. Uh, you will no longer to have a job. Congratulations! You've talked yourself. You you've opinioned yourself out of a job. Well, I mean, he's he's dead uh, in in the series. But that said, uh, no. But it's not just that. Like, okay, Star Wars is big enough that if you say you were in Star Wars and you show up somewhere at like Star Wars Galactic Nights or like any of these Comic Cons. Oh yeah, no, he's not going to draw. Any. You are not invited to any of that. Now. Nope, and he won't be at all. That's what I'm talking. It's not necessarily yes, he died in this in the series but i'm talking about all the stuff that usually goes along with being part of star wars right you get on that panel with warwick davis yeah exactly <laughs> not even warwick davis has a little bit more uh clout comic cons but yeah, well, warwick davis has also been another yeah fucking willow man exactly um now speaking of of this shithead who who um you know doesn't like star wars movies um he killed quite possibly one of the shortest lived and and, and i had a lot of hope for a cameo of ming na win so uh, shit, well, off I think when they bad. killed her off so quickly, I was so angry. <laughs> and if you don't, so very angry. <laughs> if you don't know who she was, she was the uh, the sniper that Mando and this bounty hunter ass was was going out to grab. And you know she's Agent May in Agents of Shield, and um, I don't know the voice of Mulan. Mm -hmm. And she's just an overall badass. She really is a badass. She's like she's a Disney legend at this point. Fifty-seven years old, fifty-eight years old, and she does a lot of her own fight scenes still. Yep, she, so she I, still wears a whole lot of leather. Which yeah, I don't. I'm not complaining. As a, I, I'm not complaining about. Sorry, she looks good. She's. I would like to see more. I'm hoping the guy, whoever the hell that guy was, is able to save her. Be interesting. We'll see what happens. Tuscan Raiders are in this uh, episode, and one of the Tuscan Raiders that does the negotiations with uh, with Mando with the uh, the sign 
language to, you know, he's actually a deaf actor named Troy Kotsur. That's really cool. And he developed their own little signs for that and trained Pedro on how to deliver them to make it look genuine and authentic. And they've, he's kind of on like a a retainer with um, with Lucasfilm now or whatever, whenever they have any more sign and stuff like that involved, he's going to be their their contact to help out with that. That is really cool. I really hope it's a little bit, I, I don't know sign, American sign language at all. Right. I don't know any sign language, but American doesn't matter. Because each country, each because it's American sign language, they don't necessarily know the same sign language sure, someplace sure. else. So I hope they changed it enough that it's, you know what I'm... More universal. Yeah, 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 so... A little bit alien, but not so that, like, when we know, when we hear speech, we know what's speech, we just don't know exactly what they're saying. I hope they were able to translate that somehow into that sign language. Right. Am I making sense? No. Yeah, I think so. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Fuck you, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the shortest, and we thought uh, Ming Na Wen had the shortest role here. Nope. Steve Bloom voices the spaceport operator at the very beginning that tells Mando where to land. He has done voice work in virtually every Star Wars video game and animated production going way back into the 90s. He's been in pretty much Star Wars Rebels, Clone Wars, every freaking video game. Uh, he's he's doing work in that. So it's kind of fun to have him do a little a little bit in there just, you know, to get him on the on the books. Uh, moving forward, Chapter 6, The Prisoner, has got several people in it. Uh, real quick, you got Natalia Tina, Tana, whatever. She's the crackhead uh, named Zian, Cyan, Zion, whatever. It's got an X. She's, she was the blue one. Yes, yeah, she's uh, also the Nympho Tonks character in Harry Potter. Oh, okay. And Osha in uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, I hated her. In Game of Thrones or in, in The Man in this. Oh, God, everybody did, which is a credit to her as an actress because everybody hated her. Oh, I wanted her dead. Like, the first second she walked on the screen, I'm like, she needs to die. She yeah. didn't even have to talk, and I'm like, she needs to go. I know. She, she, go she, was, she was so... That character was so much. I mean, it was, it was so much. And she's not dead. No. No, no none of them died. Well... Well, okay. Uh, the, yeah, I don't even have those two guys on here, because... <laughs> and really, uh, speaking of didn't die, like I said, uh, Bill Burr, I, I'm told is a comedian. I'm not familiar with him at all. He is. I don't know. Yeah, He's a pretty good Clancy Brown. <laughs> Love that guy. My, my son watches, uh, Boston watches a lot of The Flash on the CW, and Clancy Brown is, is prominent in the first two or three seasons. Um, Who was he in, in Flash? He was like the general guy who was always fighting with Wells about metas, and he was responsible for Grodd. And then oh, okay. Grodd so that was, took him that over. That wasn't the first brain. season. It's like the, I think season one or two. It is early. It had to be two. I watched season one. I don't think I made it. Okay. Um, he's uh, also. So the voice of Mr. Krabs from Spongebob. No. <laughs> Fucking A right he is. And he plays he plays the big devil looking guy named Berg in The Mandalorian that, you know, can tolerate fire and can and also tolerate being crushed by two fucking doors. But that's that's Mr. That's Mr. Krabs. And I, I saw that I was like, no. No. <laughs> it would have been funnier a, if he was uh, Patrick. A bunch of movies, a bunch of voiceovers in Clone Wars. Yeah. Played Darth Maul's brother. He's in um Jerry Maul. Savage Oprah. Savage Oprah's? Oprah's? Oprah's. Oh. I thought you said I heard Oprah's too. <laughs> Like, and he's also he? in the uh, video game uh, Bounty Hunter, Star Wars Bounty Hunter. I heard Oprah's. I did too, and I'm thinking, well, was that like some group from Sons of Anarchy or something? The Savage <laughs> the Oprah's? Sa- Oprah's. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, you get a Mandalorian, and you get a Mandalorian. You get a baby you. You get a baby you. You're getting Beskar. You're getting Beskar. Um, finishing out that episode, at the very end, you see the three X-Wing pilots that come in and blow up the uh, spaceship, the spaceport, the space thing. Um, that's three of the directors that have directed some of these episodes. Rick, I'm Uia. I'm Moana. Camp I'm Moana. Deborah Chow and Dave Filoni. Filoni is now Star Wars royalty. Yeah. There's a petition petition going around to have him replace Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> Those don't work. No, what the business person one. Right. Um, the greatest cameo of all in, in all of this uh, series so far, though, um, would be a mess if we didn't mention the 501st Legion showing up uh, in Chapter 7. So when you see all those pretty shiny white stormtroopers come out at the very end of it. There were only supposed to be four. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what I hear. Well, it was because they didn't I, have enough money to make stormtrooper costumes. No, I pay. doubt that was it. I think they were invited to, hey, we're doing this, and I can picture people, re them reaching out for them, to them to do it. Well, to hear, um, to re read the stories, um, Favreau and, uh, forget, uh, yeah, and Filoni, Filoni, I don't know, that guy, Filoni, they, um, actually didn't have enough costumes. That's, that's a legitimate yeah, reasoning that, that they did not have enough costumes for this, but they did reach out to the 501st. They just didn't say, because we're shooting a movie. They all thought they were showing up for some kind of an event and they needed a whole lot of stormtroopers. So all these average Joes showed up and like the look on their faces when they realized they were about to be in a Star Wars. That's awesome. Um, and then, but you can't tell anybody anything about what you see. Well, that's, that's yeah. it's a disclosure agreement. Right, right. Uh, um, but that was really who cool. Who is that guy? Who is the, um, the leader of the Death Guards in that? With the foldable eye? Um, that's Giancarlo Esposito. Giancarlo Esposito. Right, okay. Muff Diver or Muff Ferguson. Muff Gideon. That's it. So now, and he's going to be in it more or? Or no? I'm just assuming he, he is, yeah. That's the, yeah, they don't have anything listed for episode 8 yet on IMDb. Okay. So. But I mean, he I'm became sorry. the big bad I don't know if he's villain. the big bad yet. He's well, he is right now. I mean, he's apparently above the, well, he killed the client. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah. The client and, was nothing. And he killed all the stormtroopers that were in there. Yeah. Oddly enough, they couldn't, they, they couldn't hit any of the, uh, well, he didn't want to hit them because they knew where the baby was. They yes. knew where Yuhu was. So, it makes sense baby. they wouldn't just uh, roll up in there and take out grief. Yeah, I'm not ready. I'm still not ready to talk about that. It gives me anxiety to get. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what was IG11 then? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that, that's that's all. I, I mean, I, I mean, I, that's a lot. God, I have cameos and stuff. Tim, um, tell me Easter eggs. Well, you missed one cameo. Well, I, I left a little bit for Ian's. A. Well, you missed. A. You, you left, left an a. a. You left a cameo that I know of anyway that I found in my research, and that was Matt Lanter, who plays the voice of Anakin Skywalker in all the animated series. He has more screen time as Anakin than Hayden Christensen or the actor who played Darth Vader. But what does he play in? He plays the driver the um, of the prison ship. Oh, okay. With with the badass helmet, or as I said, questionable uniform or questionable headgear yes. or something like yeah. that. <laughs> Ridiculous helmet or something. Yeah, it's, that's. I thought that was great because that is an absolute nod back to the early uh, original trilogy uniform. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's one Easter egg that shows up multiple times in this series, and it's arguably one of the banes of Star Wars fans' Can we guess what that is? Wilhelm Scream. I have a bad feeling about this. No. <laughs> the holiday special. Oh, yes, yes. Life from day. The very beginning, from the very beginning when he picks up Horatio Sands. Horatio Sands says he was hoping to be free for life day. Yeah. The weapon that Mandalor Mandalorian uses, the long rifle, the spears on the end, 
which is technically called the Ammon Phase Pulse Blaster. The only time you ever see that weapon is when Boba Fett uses it during the holiday special. You know, he hasn't had that rifle in several episodes. Right, where does it go? Like, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes it he pulls it out of his back. And... Or it could be, I mean, you have to realize, I mean, they explained it when he had, what I want to call them birds, sorry about that, brother. The glowy dart things. Whistling, Whistling birds. birds. Whistling birds. When he had those, they're very expensive. And she flat out tells him, don't use these unless you flat out have to. They're extremely expensive. So I'm wondering if the ammo for that gun is just as expensive and just as pricey because it pretty much disintegrates you when you get shot with it. But it's also kind of shocky at the other end of it, though. It would still be yeah. kind of a, a melee weapon. I don't know. And in all of the promotional anythings, he's got that hanging over his shoulder because it's got that recognizable stock on the back end. I don't know. I was just yeah. wondering yes. where it is. If, you know, weapons are his religion, uh, you'd think you'd want the biggest Bible out there. Well, I mean, the last few, in the last episode, it kind of makes sense because he couldn't, they told him not to take any weapons. And right, out. right. So I'm guessing it's on the ship. You know what's not on the ship? Baby you. <laughs> he gone. You know what's still on the ship that should have been? He, he not, been oh, chasing he is baby not gone, Mikey. I will fight you right <laughs> now. <laughs> I tell you right now, um, we're going to. So I turn off the TV and walk away from the. <laughs> Friday morning. Okay. I'm going, we're going to find out what happened with IG-11. What the fuck happened? Why? Yeah. There's going to be some type of a, you know, three hours earlier kind of thing or whatever they do. IG-11 yeah, is still the on the day ship before. confused. He's just trying IG-11 is pouring tea for He's himself. pouring tea. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and the last reference to the holiday special is when you see the flashbacks of Mando as a kid with his parents. His parents are dressed in the red robe from Life Celebrating Life. Those are some deep cuts, man. Mm -hmm. So John Favreau is obviously a fan of the holiday special. <laughs> you know, I would kind of disappointed that we didn't get a new one this year. The popularity of there was talk, there was talk, or something in the parks for Life Day. I wonder if they do that in Batu if they walk around and wish you Happy Life Day. So when Mando meets up with the Jawas, you see a red and white R5 4 drone droid that's just like the one from New Hope that has the bad motivator. So it could very well be the same droid. Mm, it could. In the When Mando first goes to the forge to get his first piece of armor made, in the background, you see a bounty hunter wearing the same color marking armor as Boba Fett. I didn't catch that. See, but how old would Boba, Boba be at this point? Wouldn't be that old because it's right after Return of the Jedi. This happens right after Return of the Jedi and he died well, allegedly. And there's always been that fan rumor that he got out of the Sarlacc pit with well, his jetpack. Well, Boba is not a Mandalorian. Nope. Boba is Neither just part Mando. of... But Boba was more part of the... Boba is technically a clone. He's not a real... Everybody's favorite pet to hate, Kawaki Monkey Liz made a, an appearance. Yep. Yes. They're apparently very tasty. Well, in, I wouldn't know. Well, they, they were cooked in Mandalorian. <laughs> you can buy one of that too. Yeah, you can. I don't want to Barbecued? I wouldn't cook that one. So, uh, Quill, who is an Ugnaught, talks about being an indentured servant to the Empire on, in Cloud City, who the Ugnaughts are the ones that are responsible for helping Vader put Han Solo in Carbonite. So I wonder if Quill is one of the ones that was there day put Han's Carbonite. We won't know because he's dead. Yep. I hope he's not dead too, but... <laughs> <laughs> Adam is holding up so much hope for season two. I'm holding. I just want a whole bunch of people not to be dead anymore. I, I don't know what's wrong with. Was IG Eleven to come running down the ramp of the starship and pick him up and, and nurse him back to health real quick, and then they take off and they show with up tea. with tea. With <laughs> tea. Yeah. Well, hey, it works for Mr. Miyagi, right? There's a couple of things that are not quite Easter eggs, like the scene where Mando first meets Jake Cannavale at uh, in the canteen, and Jake's sitting at the booth with his feet up, like Han Solo did. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a little, a little nods to stuff like that. But in Mando, their droids are allowed inside. The bartender is actually a droid. Hmm. There's some hints to like lines in the movie, lines in the show are kind of repeated in some of the movies. Like when uh, Mando and Toro first meet up with the assassin and he tells, Mandalorian tells uh, Toro that she's got the high ground. Kind of a little nod to Revenge of the Sith. Saw that just today. It's long. It is. <laughs> All three of them fuckers are long, man. So, um, Cara Dune, the last scene when they zone the chest, uh, she should hide her stripes, which is the uh, rebel stripe tattoo on her arm. She also has the rebel insignia tattooed under her eye. I never, I, and I didn't notice it until that last episode. I was, Look at that, that's a rebel signal on her under eye. It's not a uh, birth. Yeah, it just kind of looks like a mole. Yeah. It's one of those, is- you know, buddy's garage tattoos, what that is. And that scene where she's doing, she's fighting like that MMA style cage match with, uh. Oh, you're the one that's got that, like, power rope between them. Yes. Yep. She's fighting uh, I'm not going to butcher this species name Darth Mirian Zabrak which is Darth Maul species and that's the only other time that you see another yeah. Darth Maul species. In, in the show you in the have show. one you have his brothers around. His brother. Jerry, yeah, Jerry Maul. Gary. 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 Bob Maul. Bob. <laughs> so this is the one I found the most interesting in the last episode that we saw episode 7 when the Imperial troops come in on that transporter. Oh yeah the, the ground based transporter. Yeah. Okay. This was the first toy that was made from Kenner that was not a recreation of something from the movie. So Kenner made this toy on its own, you know, out of thin air. They created it themselves. Oh, that's cool. That then, is pretty cool. And then after that, it started popping up. <laughs> Do what? So now it's officially canon, so now... Well, it, it started popping up in um, movies and Rebels, and then now oh, it's in... Okay. I thought I thought you were saying this is the first time it's been in... Uh, no, it was in, It started in um, one of the later movies and then in Rebels. Uh, I was going to say, and the price for those just went up to collectors. <laughs> Sure. sure, went up anyway. Well, I want to say they also Kenner no longer. No, it's, it's, I don't think it's, it's Hasbro, no isn't it now? Hasbro does it now, yeah. Yeah, I don't think Kenner exists anymore. That's a shame. Well, going back to Jar Jar, there was that scene where Mayfield messes with the Mandalorian and asks him if he wears the helmet because he's Gungan, and he actually starts speaking with the Gungan <laughs> accent. He even says the Yusa. Yes, he said away. Thought that was funny. It's, it's uh, everything that I found. I'm sure if I go back and watch the, the episodes again, we could find more. Oh yeah. Now earlier you mentioned. Um, I guess we're asking who the Adam was asking about the the bad yeah that you know M- Moff Gideon Gideon. Moff Gideon I'll never remember his last name or his first name right um have we seen a TIE fighter fold wings up like that before no, no that was the first time so badass that was, that was, so badass. was <laughs> eternally badass I saw that and I was like oh that makes and it, total it, sense it. because now you're at ground level when you exit mm-hmm. it's badass but I, I have a problem with continuity because they're not in any of the newer movies there could have been a flaw but mm-hmm. we didn't really see that much TIE Fighter except for TIE Fighter fighting. We didn't see any of them land recently. That's, yeah. Kylo's had a totally different shape. They're always yeah. hanging up inside of, uh, like even yeah. if, uh, yeah, they're, they're hanging up inside of Star Carriers. So, uh, I don't know. It's, it's you never, yeah, Adam says you never see them land on the ground, so. But at the same time, you don't really ever see them in atmosphere much either. No, you do. Yeah, they were all over it in episode, oh. episode 7. Yeah, and uh, Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah. Still one of my favorites. Yes, yes. Okay, um, so uh, of the seven episodes that have come out, uh, which, what's, what's your top, your number one, Adam? There's different things for different reasons. <laughs> you, no, I'm it, serious. you just can't do it. <laughs> I love the last episode because it, it made me, it made my jaw drop. Yeah. When 
something that like and these aren't long episodes at all these are not like one hour long dramas that you're watching on tv these are half hour 45 minutes at most i don't know these characters that well that i should have any kind of emotional attachment to them and i am all bought in so the series as a whole has to be excellent for that tap and the writing has to be right and the character development has to be right and this is hitting on everything so i mean for me i'd probably first episode because it was the introduction and the shock at the end and the excitement at the end it, yeah. it's just really it well put you into a whole new part of the star wars universe oh yeah because it's, a, it's surprisingly well paced ain't nobody thought about yodas in a long time in star wars man mm-hmm. and then favreau's like hey why don't we just uh you know do this yeah it i mean well because lucas had originally the yoda species was just supposed to be a one-off with yoda and then he created y- yaddle and that was it but i mean there's obviously got to be more if there was two <laughs> right well i don't know because uh let me tell you a story about darth plagueis yeah force <laughs> And let's not get into that. We can't get into that. I, I had some issues with that movie. I mean, uh, yeah. I enjoyed it, but there were issues. So do we have any speculations on what's going on and what's going to happen next? Everybody's alive. <laughs> <laughs> they were just there done. There you go. That, the last one right. set this that, done. That's it. That's it. Um, I don't know. Deep down, I was trying to try to, I was honestly, the other day, I'm like, okay, so how could Quill have switched the baby out with a dummy? And, and that's what the scout troopers are running off with. But you, you plainly see a green head wrapped up in the swaddling clothes when they take off so it's like no that's not what happened and if i'm not remembering correctly do we see him move when they pick him but that was the other weirdness because every time he's fallen he's usually fallen and skittered away yes exactly so there's something not right there that i can't figure out just maybe ig11 came swapped he would have been really 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 fast and he would have to have already a a dummy already (laughs) let's talk about really 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 fast those speeder bikes apparently travel at oh, the speed the, of the light. Rod, to, the rod speeder bike? Yeah, to, to reach him when he had an hour head start heading back. But well, he was I also mean, it's an animal. He would have to, he might have had a stop. He might have had a feed. I know, I know. There's a lot. I know a lot of that is just how they compressed it for time to fit in there. Yeah. Um, also took them two days to get there. Now it's only taking them one day to get back. But I wasn't going to mention that. Well, they had to camp out, you know, and get attacked by fucking pterodactyls. But- <laughs> Poisonous pterodactyls. Poisonous yeah. pterodactyls. Yeah. Poisonous yeah. I mean, do we, do we want to talk about Yuhu Kieran uh, Griefy? Um, I don't know if I have a problem with this or not. It's been mentioned before in canon, but I think this is the first time that you've seen it. Have, yeah, actually it, been it was in. mentioned before, and it has been in canon with the healing. My problem is, is that he doesn't know how to work the force that well. So yeah, you see, he was shocked when he thought he shot the other droid. Like when the droid exploded, he thought he did that. He didn't yeah. do that. So I don't know. He can do advanced poison healing. He can also choke the shit out of Cara Dune. And But that was under stress. So I, I got that part. <laughs> yes, daddy. Exactly. <laughs> Harder. Yes, daddy. <laughs> but all of a sudden, he's able to heal? Like, well? To the guy who was paying people to kill him? Well, capture it. They didn't yes. want him dead. Ah, but they well, wouldn't have turned it down. No, correct. So, yeah. And you know what? Where was uh, Mr. Um, Camino, doctor guy, in this episode? Oh, yeah. He disappeared after they, yeah, after that episode. He's no longer, nowhere around. Here's, here's, maybe he he ran. Here's what I see happening. I expect the next episode to have a whole lot of action, obviously, with that many stormtroopers 
you're going to need it, and you're probably going to have the Mandalorians come back again. I don't know. I think they would have shut down the guild. I think they would have shut that down. I think they all would have had a scatter after that. They had a would have. They all would have had to escape the guild at that because they all became public enemy number one. I don't think they would have yeah. stuck around on that island on that planet. Doesn't make sense. Um, That's the only I firepower I can see coming and helping though. Who says they don't get captured? Get out in that cliffhanger. Here I am looking at happy endings. Okay, no have you endings. seen any of the Star Wars movies? There's really there's, no happy endings in Star Wars movies. There's just a neutral. Eh. There's a neutral bittersweet ending. There's never something ultimately happy. Yup, yup. Got like fucking medals at the end of A New Hope. Yeah, but you could tell. You know, the story wasn't over. They just won that battle. They didn't. They didn't win the war. I know. And uh, Princess Leia for having her entire planet blown up. Very resilient the way she bounced back. She had no choice. I think there's something more with that mom on on. I forgot what episode it was. First went to Cara Dune's planet and they were in that farm. They were farming the shrimp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, sword she, 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 she was shooting like a. She shot way too well. I want to know more about her backstory. Just something. No. Yeah, that's... I have two different theories about Baby Yoda, but one of them has to do with Rise of Skywalker. So talk about that. No, I haven't. I've been trying. I've been trying. I and mean, we can't talk about it yet because there's still people who are avoiding it or not yeah. been able to see it because of the high. So I'm trying to get caught up on everything so I can take the kid to see it. <laughs> that's what I've been trying to do. That's what we've been watching. And I've, I've made the executive decision to just um, just to get him caught up. I think we're going to go ahead and skip Solo. Yeah, yeah you don't need it. And we'll, pro- we'll probably end up skipping probably Rogue. skip Rogue One, yeah. too. We're just going to go ahead and roll right into A New Hope, trudge through the, their original trilogy, and then deal with uh, the most recent ones so I can say, hey, let's, let's, let's go see it now that it's been out for three weeks. We'll go on a matinee day. I'll get in for like mm-hmm. four bucks. Well, we all know they can't kill off Baby You. No, because they got shit coming out. They just can't. They the People would stop watching this show. Nobody would. They have to humanize the Mandalorian with you. Oh, yeah. He's he's Lady Brienne. And Mandalorian is Sir Jamie. Mandalorian show, but not. Because he's the one who makes the Mandalorian, Mandalorian have feelings. Mandalorian has to have a purpose. And everybody that comes across Baby loves him. For the most part. Duh. The one droid in the prisoner episode. Yeah, yeah that he, one he, When they were doing, going all fucking uh, home alone, he was hiding around, leading that droid all over the fucking shit. That was yeah. some funny shit. I was though. hoping he would set a damn trap somewhere just yeah. to, to, to watch it fall down or something. I wanted to, I want him to Kevin McAllister that droid. Oh, somewhere. God, it's so bad, man. All right, so I have a question. What is one cameo that makes sense that you would like to see? Yeah, it happens right after Return of the Jedi, so... I mean, it would, it would be difficult with the age of a lot of the actors. No, uh, but there are some characters that you could choose. Yeah, with CGI, I mean, they could... They do amazing they, they, they did with Grand Moff talking in True. The Last Jedi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. yeah they did with Princess Leia at the end of... Yeah. It doesn't even have to be in the Star Wars universe. Is there an actor or somebody that you would like to bring see play in the Star Wars universe? Oh, God, yeah. Okay, I'll be this guy. Nathan Fillion from Firefly, Captain Malcolm. Nathan Fillion. I, I could see him come in. Just... I think it would almost be funny if it was one of those um, Thor versus Peter Quill kind of things where, you know, him and the Mandalorian and they're both kind of, you know, bouncing off each other. Or mostly Nathan Fillion, you know, like... I think the Mandalorian would kill him. No, no, no. <laughs> I, th- I think it would... It would it, because he's come... The Mandalorian has come across, like, so many people he's known from before that wants to kill him, but he doesn't try to kill them. I just I just think that would that would add a little bit of, you know, comedy. Uh, uh, and it would be just like a bit scene and then he would die because that's what you do with cameos. Kill them. <laughs> So you can't have them back again, just like Fox killed Firefly. Bring him back, Disney. What was the, the, the thing's name with the big eyes? The bar owner, the cantina oh, owner. Maz Kanata? Yes. I would like to see her. Yeah, because she's been around for millennia, so... So Maz Kanata can fit in that timeline. I mean, there's a bunch.
bunch of characters that can fit in the timeline. We probably you can squeeze a uh, Ahsoka Tano in there. Oh, that would no Ahsoka should she'd be pretty old. She'd be an adult. Any other rebels characters? Roger Ross. Kanan <laughs> or uh, kid's name? I don't remember. I have to rewatch it. I, I but they could be they could be in Dory timeline. How how was Alan Tudyk not in this? Movie? Give it time. <laughs> give, yeah, give it time. He'll show up as a droid somewhere. Um, do y'all think we're gonna have Jedi's in them or Sith or any Force users uh, besides well, Baby Yoo? I don't think so because well, at the time of the storyline, the Sith were allegedly gone. Death of Vader and Palpatine. That doesn't mean they were gone. I I well, sort of like how all the Jedi were gone. Yeah, I. Well, the Jedi wasn't gone. He had Luke still. No, but like all the Jedi's that we're getting now. I would imagine that you'll hear them referenced. Maybe not so much well, Jedi's. I say we have to because how would they know to look for Baby? Right, that's what I mean. Who is sending uh, Muff Gideon out here? Like yeah. someone's still pulling those strings. Yep. Well, that's why I said with the storyline from Rise of the Skywalker, I have a theory about why they want it. Well, you can't. You, you know, can't. You can't tell me. No, I don't think that's it. I, I, I they know to look for him. I, and who knows? Maybe he's just. Maybe they're. See, I the theory I had early on was that maybe who was actually a Sith. He did force choke. Harry did have Sith power. It's just a power. It's, it's a, yeah. It's just it's yeah, a force power. I just don't know how we would know how to do all these. Yeah, that's a whole. Like, can oh, of look, I can choke you all of a sudden. Look at me. Look what I can do. I, I just. Yeah, that that is that's a can of worms that I don't think there's a good answer to if you go down that path. That's like. I mean, he is 50 years old. He can force choke people and move stuff around. How did he let himself get captured by those thugs? Unless he got knocked but out when they shot. But he's not. But that's really? the thing. He's really not good at moving stuff around. No, just mud horns. Yeah, he picked up the mud horn pretty well. But again, that was under stress. Not really. His friend was gonna die. Well, he seemed pretty calm with doing. No, I'm talking. But his friend was in danger. He only he only acts out if there is a uh, a moment that that would require it. Like, and here's something right. else. Everybody keeps talking about you know when he peeps his head down in the last episode to hear every uh, Kara and uh, Mandalora discussing the plan of meeting up with grief and you know all this stuff. And he peeks his head down the little hatch. Here's him talking about it. Then he runs up there and starts wiggling the the flight stick. People are saying, well, he was trying to get away because he didn't want to go back and get turned over again. I think he was just fucking around with the flight stick. I think he was just fucking around with the yeah, light stick. I think he was fucking around too. Just like he was playing with the thing and took the knob off the... Or pushing the button well, he, and then looking at him, yeah, looking him in the face and pushing the button. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking... <laughs> like a kid. Every parent saw he that and was like, like yep. <laughs> It's exactly what that was. But that's what makes him relatable. Yeah, it'll be another season before we get all these answers. It'll be more than one if Disney has their way. Yeah, well, we'll never get the answers if, if it's anything like been recent. Okay, so whereas we're uh, getting ready to roll credits on the Mando show, which, you know, we kind of teased about doing a recap show every episode, but God, that's a lot of extra work, and we just want to enjoy the show. So I think if we if we dig too deep into it, uh, it's not it's not that enjoyable. So we we just decided, hey, let's talk about, you know, what's going on a little bit behind the scenes. Um, you see a lot of character actors in uh, TV series, you know, like this, and I want to I want to give credit to the uh, the unsung heroes of this that that give it a visual look because it still has a feel of a TV episode, but it also has a feel of a big budget, you know, motion picture. It's it manages to, mm -hmm. to, to catch both of those, and um, definitely that's that's really cool because you got the high production value, but it still feels like it could have been well because I guess most of it was shot on a soundstage in Burbank. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we just want I just want to you know talk a little bit about about numbers on it and uh you know things that you didn't think to look for with
with the characters and the actors, and, you know, the technology and Tim's uh, Easter egg hunt that he went on over there. So, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a good a good time to sit down and talk about it without getting way too bogged down in the nerddom because that's easy to do and really easy when you've had a few drinks and uh, then everybody starts yelling at each other about Jar Jar Binks and we didn't want to get into that. So it always goes back to, you know what, if I could get, if I could get Ernest in an episode of The Mandalorian, I would, but he's dead. I was just going to say that that's, he's a force ghost. He's a force ghost. Holy shit, he is. You just gave Mike an idea for a new t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Darth Vernius. <laughs> he know he would Ernest be. Saves, Ernest saves the force. Ernest saves Yoda. That's what it would be. Ernest saves baby Yoda. <laughs> Ernest goes to Batu. No, Ernest goes to Dagobah. Ernest goes to Dagobah. God. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so there you go. Um, Doc and Ernest goes to camp now in the middle of a fucking Mandalorian show. What if he took his helmet off and he fucking looked like Ernest? Right. <laughs> Oh my goodness. With that being said, though, uh, Tim, what what's uh, what are your closing remarks here on the Mandalorian? I'm just I'm just loving the series. It's been great so far. It sucks that there's only eight episodes, and then we gotta wait another year probably. Enjoy it while it's here. I'm probably gonna watch it again. Try to catch some more Easter eggs, and if you guys have found some that we missed, please let us know back and see if we catch them. Yeah, because after tomorrow, it's it not well, and hopefully when this drops, it'll be tomorrow. But after the Friday episode number eight, you can just sit down and binge them instead of having to wait. So you can just roll. But through I like how they dropped afternoon. it as weekly episodes. Yeah, because everybody talks about it and you get that hype that builds up for it. It's also, I actually pay attention. When I binge something, I tend to forget what happened. I walk away. I get bored. I get fidgety. I start looking at my iPhone. I start looking at Facebook. For 30 to 30 minutes to like two hours, I can sit there and pay attention. After that two hour mark, I start getting a little, eh. especially if there's like a, a definite stop to an episode and a start to another. It's not like a movie where they just flow one right into the other. Right. Yeah, you're stopping, you're starting, you're skipping intros. Mm. Maybe you want to watch the recap bit. Adam, what have you got for us this evening? I'm loving the series. Everybody lives. Everybody lives. Everybody lives. They're gonna have to build Tim. a tiny casket. Mikey, we are no longer friends. <laughs> well well they can't they they can't get Krill to build it. Nope. <laughs> Tim, we are no longer friends. <laughs> I sure thought when he built that new cradle that it was going to have some kind of explosive in it. And be part of the That's what I expect. I still expect this to happen. <laughs> Fucking blasters there's, on it. There's something in there that's going to go crazy. But he's not in it. Oh. No, but... Oh, okay. I, I, I forgot. Yes, the the little uh, pram. That's what the yeah. the imp called it. The pram. Yeah, that's still yes. with There's the something in that that's going to go woo-hoo, woo-hoo. So, Wouldn't it go yoo-hoo, yoo-hoo? No, yoo-hoo, yoo who is not there. So it's going to And then it just detonates because yes, it's, it's booty trapped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I'm truly loving this series. I'm really enjoying it. And I, I hope the writing stays as strong as it is. As stupid as this sounds and I, I'm not ready for it to end, I hope the ending is as strong as the beginning. Yeah, don't just make I'll, it a cliffhanger for the sake of having a cliffhanger. Exactly. I, I don't want it just to to end like this last episode did where it's like what the fuck so yeah give me give me a true ending resolve something create something new i'm fine with that but resolve something now on to some closing
closing remarks then um january is right around the corner dopey is right around the corner there are a few of us who have decided to go to splitsville at about 3 45 few of us have made reservations just to eat and hang out we'll probably maybe do some bowling after just to visit with everybody say hello so that's where we'll be and that would be wednesday january because <laughs> i don't have it i want to yes, say it's january 8th. 8th yeah so that'll be wednesday january 8th let's roll obviously in orlando at about 3 45 we have a reservation to actually sit and eat so we'll be there for a bit just to say hi make sure we see everybody races are the days after and then a few of us are getting on a boat so look forward to seeing y'all down there princess shirt is coming correct mikey yes it will i'll either make it blue or i'll make it pink. fair enough why not why not half blue and half they don't offer that at the publics that the design can be half blue and half blue. well yeah i guess there you go one to grow on um that's february we'll have more announcements about what we're doing after the holidays we do have some open i think we have some spots open for some of the dinners but i'm not positive i have to check on that also we have the main event for this 2020 year coming up and that's bff we do have some open step tickets still for the italy epcot experience that we have going on with the private fireworks viewing open bar and finger food so if you want to get in for that we have i want to say about 30 or 40 spots open at this so if it's something you want to do get in now because they are filling up i think that's all that's a lot I think I did good. you had a lot <laughs> was a lot going I'm on myself here. anything happening in the immediate future in a- well in the relatively immediate future i think we're gonna go live and i think we're doing it new year's eve so a uh, new year's eve hangout if you don't have anything else to do or anywhere to go or anyone to be with and we're all making out at midnight right. i don't know if that's depressing or exciting the if way i knew saying. it was gonna be that kind of party but you're taking the mashed potatoes Yes, sir. <laughs> but what we're planning on doing is if y'all have Skype, you don't need any special recording equipment. There will be time limits on this one. We don't know. We haven't figured out how it's all going to work so that everybody gets a little bit of an opportunity to talk with us live. And y'all get to say your New Year's wishes and say your stuff to Three Seats Nation. So that'll be starting between 8, 8.30ish on New Year's Eve, Eastern Time or Disney time, Disney World Time or American Time, American Time, whichever way you want to look at. I think that's all. Again, am I forgetting something? I feel like I am. I know. I think uh, I think that was most most every all of it there. Uh, well, hopefully I get this uh, edited up and we drop it right before episode eight, uh, chapter eight. Can't call it episodes. They they, they couldn't call them episodes because the episodes the movies they call it chapters. That was kind of funny. Um, chapter eight should drop uh, you know the day after this drops. So I'll be interested to uh, get in the the chat there on three sheets in the spoiler uh, post where everyone can can you know uh, i think decompress after everything happens the next episode so. and hopefully we get some kind of resolution there has to or at least some closure on all the the murder we just on saw just something i don't need all the holds i don't need all the stories clear up but i do need some of them though well we look forward to all of the commentary that we're going to get um on facebook and if you're not a member go to facebook.com and just type three sheets in your search bar you'll find us three sheets to mouse so i want to say thanks to my prestigious co-hosts yes adam you're, you're kind of bowing and i, I appreciate that <laughs> i'm sorry i've been drinking it up pretty I've been a lot of things in my time but i'll take it and with that i think someone's hitting me the shepherd's crook so uh say good night dick good night dick, good night, dick. and thank you